I didn't take notes this time. Whoa. <laughs> well, what a perfect episode to not take notes for. Not a lot happens. Not a lot is explained. <laughs> I also I also did watch it once without subtitles on. <laughs> I watched it twice, but I watched it once without subtitles on first. Okay. How how uh, how accurate was your understanding? Pretty poor. Mm. I watched it with subtitles about eight times and it didn't make any goddamn sense. It might have made more sense were I to just listen to it in Japanese, a language I do not speak nor comprehend. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Your process fascinates me. Were you making air quotes when you said process? No. (laughs) Hey, hey, Corey, say welcome to Greed Watch. Welcome to Greed Watch 2018. This is episode 16. I'm Coriander Dickinson. Got with me Josh A. Kagan. That's right. And Adam Wasserman. (laughs) Yes, correct. Yay! Yes, oh, nailed bat- it. That's all I needed to know for this this episode. That's it. Not a lot goes on. Yeah, it's pretty much just a bottle episode. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of couscousery hijinks. I'm going to say this right away. If you've never watched uh, Kamen Rider Triple O before, uh, or Kamen Rider Triple uh, O, uh, just start with this one. <laughs> it explains a lot. Yeah, it's just like jump. It's like jumping in after a doctor regenerates. It's just a tabula rasa. Uh, definitely, uh, I, so simple, a child could understand it. After all, it is for children. (laughs) I'm lying. Tiny children. Those poor kids. Conclusion. This is them really playing with my emotions, uh, launching right off, starting by calling this episode conclusion. Conclusion. (laughs) Greed. New rider. Yep. Oh, yeah. Finally, the big payoff for what Maggie's been teasing, other than the apocalypse. <laughs> it's one of the big payoffs for what Maggie's been teasing. There's a few. Speaking of Maki, that's uh, that's where we pick up. That's where we hop on this train. This bullet train to nonsense land. Gemmel is still scarfing down metals. He uh, hits, I think, the gray ones and goes into his greed form. Is I guess full bodied green form. He's got like yeah. some weird attachments that we haven't really seen before. And then Kazari just starts hucking metals at him. <laughs> yeah. Which which looked very soothing. Like like throwing pennies into a wishing well or something. Like I was hoping he could skip them across him or something. It just it looked nice. But it doesn't end nice. It no. ends rough. You know you know what Mackie would like? What he would find soothing is using Kazari's medals too. And Kazari gets real offended by that. Uh, he smacks the doll right off of Maki's stupid arm, uh, sending Maki into like weird convulsions and palpitations. And mm-hmm. is basically like, hey, man, don't joke about our core metals. That's an us thing. It's not a you basically. thing. Yeah. <laughs> we take that shit serious as a heart attack, my man. Don't just go tossing around my metals willy nilly, you butt. And then he takes a medal and he's like, hey, uh, that's it for me this entire episode. Goodbye. Meanwhile, in the couscousery back rooms, Dr. Hina is on the scene. <laughs> Hina is a bad, soggy washcloth. I would rather. He's terrible. I would rather have Dr. Giggles as my doctor <laughs> than Dr. Hina. Uh, AG is raring to get up and go find Ankh and start the episode. And uh, he is like, no, you got to lay down. Just being being triple O, that's bad for you. It makes you faint. It takes away your precious bodily fluids. I got to put some <laughs> sticky things on your back. And when uh, AG puts up a fight, 
she just she bashes his head against the wall and then puts him in a sleeper hold. Yeah, she chokes him out. Yeah. She bad doctor. It's not great. And then we move speedily along to uh, Kogami Corp. Mm-hmm. We got, I think, Ankh yeah. yelling at Kogami about that whole nonsense with the, the van and having yeah. a red medal. And Kogami's like, no, Maki wanted all the stuff. We, we just do whatever he wants. Because his desire is beautiful. Uh, I do want to note that when uh, Kugami uh, talks about Maki, Ankh goes, oh, right, that inexplicable man with a puppet, which is how I would like to be described from now on. I'm not going to carry a puppet, but if anybody asks you, what's Josh Kagan like? I'm going to have to insist that you get a puppet if you want us to do this. You're going to need a puppet or like a shoulder parrot or something. Something. Were you about to say a shoulder puppet? Yes, but... I would prefer that because I wouldn't want to hold my arm out like Maki does. Maki's got to be real jacked in that one arm, right? Maybe when nobody's looking, he like lowers it and the puppet's like glued to it, so it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's just got... He's just sporting side puppets? Yeah. Yeah. Basically. That's pretty sharp. So one thing I noticed about this scene in uh, Kogami's office is that there's a few like bright red objects, like accents in his office, like the same red as Ankh's medals. There's like, there's like a red quill pen or something on his desk. And then there's like some sort of red, like decanter that gets prominently featured in a couple of uh, shots. And that was interesting. Nice, nice decor. I like that. We saw like the other end of his office with like the circled chairs around a low table and a bar. It's a nice oh, bar. Yeah. yeah. I like that. We, uh, we know more about, uh, Santanaka's Santanaka's <laughs> workflow. Yep. Literally in the middle of the scene, apropos to almost nothing, Santanaka just looks up and is like, "Hey, uh, I'm done. Can I go home?" And uh, Kugami's like, "Well, you know what I always say: do whatever you want." <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, gentle. No, listener, that's pretty but much. It's about what he says. <laughs> I, you know what? Good on Santanaka. Don't work for free, people. If you're not getting paid, you're not on the clock. You got to maintain a work-life balance. You do. And, you know, down with capitalism. Yeah. She's got to go put on a trucker hat and drive her little mini around. Yeah. And uh, and go on vacation a block away uh, at Couscousier. She she has her, uh, a rich uh, non-work life to attend to. I would actually like to believe that she wasn't even doing that in character. Like, like the actual, the actual <laughs> actress was like, ah, well, and that's my time. Gotta go. Yeah, we've been filming since 4 a.m. I'll see you guys later. The best part is that, that Ankh and Kogami are having like a showdown and Eiji's showed up and is like trying to calm Ankh down. And this like just deflates the entire thing. And she leaves and Eiji's like, oh, yep. Thank you. Thank, thank you for your service. Yep. He's just so polite. <laughs> and, and then Kogami and Ankh are like, well, never mind. I guess we can't fight now. All our momentum's gone. Yeah. And somewhere in there, the credits happened. And then Kogami drops the entire backstory on us. Yup. Okay. Human beings created 50 core medals. And each of the greed are the result of one of their set of core medals being destroyed. And now they want to be complete. And that's what drives them. The end. Makes sense to me. I had to watch this 600 times in order for it to make an... Uh, even a lick of sense 
It was my, this was my interpretation of it. And I'm probably wrong because I'm normally wrong. They made these metals out of animal essences or whatever. Let's not yeah. even get into that. Let's not get, they probably had a Vitamix and an Instant Pot. And they yeah, they, 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 they juiced did. some like pea fowl for Onks metal. For it's, like, it's like an <laughs> OXO. You know, it's like bullion. That's what the, I will only think of those. They're bullion metals. It's bone broth. They took 10 metals and turned them into a thing, but that thing didn't have any soul or personality or anything. And so these scientists, I did not, I did not, it didn't, it didn't read to me that one of the metals got destroyed. It seemed like these beings were made of 10 metals. They took one metal away and the very act of not being complete is what drove these creatures to evolve and change and eventually turn into greed. Because when there were 10 metals, that's all you need. If you're a creature and you have 10 metals in you, you're fine. You want for nothing. It's all just, it's just gravy boats and uh, Bob Hope robe movies day in and day out. You know, but you take one of those metals away and then suddenly you want something. Yeah, and they've got to be like all of the same set because just shoving 14 medals in Gamel does not get you the result. No, no, it doesn't. Josh, imagine if somebody took one of your fingers. Imagine how much more you would do in life trying to get that finger back. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess. Like, like what if it was a thumb, like one of the good fingers, not your pinky (laughs) or like a middle finger and then you can flip people off. That would probably serve me well in life. Um, yeah, I guess if there was such a way that I could have a thumb just kind of stuck back on me and it would start working again. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I, I'm not I'm not fighting this definition. Like, I, I understand. I do actually like the philosophy that, like, a creature cannot evolve and become smarter or better or different until it understands desire. And desire seems to be Kugami's whole jam. That's his magic word for this episode, and I assume for the rest of the series. He wants to make the world over, but everybody desires things? Desire will save the world. Okay. Yeah. But how's he gonna do that? Well, he doesn't say he doesn't say. And I mean, also, like if if there was no desire and everybody was like just lying around watching Bob, Bob Hope road movies, then, you know, the, the whole place would go to hell. Yes, uh, that sounds real. That sounds kind of dope, though. But we <laughs> but it's an earth full of people who already desire things. That's why the greed do so well. Well, that is also true. I think Kogami like respects people with like big desire, big desire energy. Right. <laughs> I think it's I, I think it's amusing that Kogami's desire is basically like for the concept of desire itself. It's very meta. It but is. that's the same as Gamel. Like Gamel just wants to Gamel just wants, wants whatever. Yeah. Gamel's just gonna gamble. What I liked about the explanation is that while it was happening, it was happening cut together with things that were happening chronologically afterwards that also sort of underlined what Kogami was saying, which was Which was nice. That's actual. Anytime actual filmmaking and like craft pops up in this weird godforsaken show, uh, I'm always like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. So Mazul shows up at the Peach Pit. Right. All all, uh, 
all, all teen girl and uh, hurting. And yep. Uva's all like, oh, so uh, Kazari fucked you over too. Okay. And he's like, you know, uh, I like, uh, I think maybe it would be interesting to have somebody else's core metal. I think that's a good idea. And was like, wait. And he was like, yeah, it was always like, I only have one of my medals right yeah. now. Yeah. He was like, yeah. well, sucks to be you. So Mazul sprays him with water and runs away. Yep. Like 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 a lame squid. At the top of the scene, by the way, Uva is just kicking back and, and getting yep. drunk, which I appreciate. <laughs> I always appreciate in a children's show. There's also some explanation on why Ankh can just be an arm. And mm, right. Uh, and uh, it doesn't matter and doesn't have any bearing on the rest of the episode, I don't think. Yeah, Uba's like, why don't you do the thing Ankh does? And Mazul's like, I don't know how he did it. Shouldn't work. Yeah, it does sort of say that Ankh is doing something weird. Yeah. Being an arm on a detective. Yep. Then while the trash yummies are chasing Mazul, Ankh sees the trash yummies and starts beating them up. And then Eiji sees the trash yummies attacking Mazul and doesn't know it's Mazul. So he attacks them. Mazul gets away. And then there's there's fighting because... There's transformation, pow, pow, pow. Once all the pow, pow, powing is done, yeah. AG's like, hey, buddy, let me ask you a question. Why do you want all them medals? <laughs> and Ankh gives him the best, like, half smile. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, good. And he's literally like, ah, well, I think I'm going to go home, eat an ice pop, and go to bed. Time to hit the old dusty trail. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to give you a creepy smile and walk away. That's my time, folks. I got an iPad to look at. (laughs) Gonna go look at my JPEG. At Dr. Maki's office. Maki's doll is looking very pensive. Well, he just got got smacked on the floor. It's true. He's probably probably recovering. I guess, yeah. Goto's there whining about something. Goto's like, I'm gonna take you to the police because you kidnapped a person. And Maki's like, can't prove that. And Goto's like, um, I asked some people if they said you did. Max is like, you should be nicer to me if you want my secret superpower. And then he pulls out a little green cube thing. Sort it's of a, it's a, like a sphere. Yeah. Lumpy. It's sort of a round, one of those round cubes, one of those circular <laughs> cubes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yep. Checks out. With, with no corners or edges. One of those kind of cubes. <laughs> right. The ones with no right angles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Spherical. One of those spherical cubes that's spherical. One of those ones that's been, like, bent by being near a black hole or some non-Euclidean nonsense. It's a non-Euclidean cube. I wa- yes. I, listen, I watch these things at 5x speed. I don't know what's happening. But you watched it 600 times. Come on. Well, that's why he can watch it so many times, because it's so fast. It's real fast. Oh, I find five, 5x is what I max out at. I tried to do it at 10x, and I was like, oh, no, my head's going to explode. He's trading comprehension for speed, but then trades that in for having to watch it five times, so he actually saves zero time. Um, yes. Yeah, that's, and that's my process. Now you've learned. Now you it's too amazing. can. Now you, too, can be an unwilling host on a Common Writer recap podcast. I'm, Just follow I'm an unwilling these. host on two Common Writer recap podcasts. Thank you. I love it. (laughs) It's such a a sick way to get your kicks, Corey. I do not, for the life of me, understand it. It's a sphere! Fine! A green sphere! He pulls out a green sphere! Anyway! It's it's really, Uh, like, half green and half, like, transparent. Okay. At the peach pit! It's a a gashapon. Yeah, it's a gashapon. 
Oh, Gesundheit. It's it's like you you go to those dispensers, you put your quarter in, you crank the thing, you get a little plastic sphere with a thingy in it. Corey, why are you bothering to explain That's this? It's in no it way is. relevant to this episode. It's not relevant for the episode, but you know it, and you're just bugging Josh. <laughs> it's quite relevant. I know what a gotcha pun is because they talk about them on Adventure Zone. They they got the machine. Oh, that's right. Ra- yes, they do. Yeah, the fantasy gotcha pun. Yeah, yeah. Good pull. I know. I know nerd shit. I, look, guys, I'm not just a dumb, handsome jock. <laughs> I know some nerd shit. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Gamble shows up at the Peach Pit and he's like, "Where's Mazul? Mazul? Mazul?" <laughs> The next day. Dun, dun, dun. It's Christmas. Still Christmas time at Couscousier. Yay. Iggy's dressed as a reindeer. Yep. They're having a real nice party. That looks like a good time. Not for Ankh, though. Ankh's just sitting in his bunk, looking at his his uh, his pad, and just thinking about metals, having metal thoughts. And then we see uh, Gamble wandering down the old dusty trail, <laughs> shouting, Mazool, where's that Mazool? Oh, and because... Uh, because this city or town or prefecture or wherever the fuck they are seems to only be maybe one square mile uh, <laughs> in Toto, uh, he walks into Couscousier, where everybody goes, because I guess it's the only restaurant in town, because uh, that big fella uh, in the earlier episode must have just eaten all the rest of the food in town. They're still recovering. Oh, but then there's also that rich lady who makes bread, or the formerly rich lady who makes bread, but true. who knows? That's more of a bakery. Yes. You can't go there for a nice Christmas buffet. You sure can't. They throw a, a party hat on Gamble. AG takes a picture to commemorate him being at Couscousier, yep. not it's, recognizing Gamble. The flash is way too bright, and Gamble's like, because he's like, oh, he's a monster, and monsters don't like bright light. It's true. Well, no, I don't think I would like a bright light suddenly flashed in my eyes without any, like, buy your leave. Yeah, I suppose. And then and then I wouldn't also like having like some random fried thing shoved in my mouth. And that's where you and I motherfucking differ, Adam. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> if you've got a fried thing on a stick, you pass that on over to me. Oh, especially on a stick. It's only yeah. because I have allergies and I need to know what it is first. Oh, I mean. What if it's a cod or something? No one puts fish on a stick. I'm sure the Japanese put fish on a stick, Corey. Fight. <laughs> there are fish sticks. But yeah, are they fish on sticks. You could put a stick in one in a fish stick. Easy. That's true. It'd be like a fish corn dog. Ooh. Um. <laughs> anyway. Ooh. Oh, flashbulb. And then uh, he can't find Mazul, and he's like, "You lady, are you Mazul?" And she's like, "No." And he's like, "Well, then I'll turn into lightning or whatever." Yeah. Uh, and he gets real mad and covers everything, and zaps, and then runs out. And uh, and then finally, Agee's like. He said, Mazul, wait a minute. And then chases after him. After first, like, whipping off his reindeer costume, a la Yakuza, where it's just, like, basically, like, basically, like, just cuts and it's gone. It's so good. Gamble goes, uh, he goes to the local uh, fountain, not to eat store chicken, but to just stand around some more and yell Mazul and be all lightningy. Coincidentally, Mazul's there. Yeah, perfect. Well, first, Ankh is, like, just not impressed with Gamble. He's like, pfft. He's not that good. He doesn't have all his core medals. And he's like, it looks pretty good to me. He's got 14 in him, right? Yeah. That's, that's a, yeah. That's a lot of core medals. And Mazul arrives and, and, and yeah, she's, she's hurting for medals. And so she's just like, 
hey, Gamble, you're probably not infected with too many metals right now. Just give me everything you got. Yeah. I love you because you listen to everything I say. And so I could never betray you. And then she absorbs him. It's and not creepy at all. <laughs> they become Ms. Amel. <laughs> yep. And now I'm shipping like, it. He smushes into her and uh, and stops existing. Yep. And that's and then after she absorbs him, yeah. then she's like, "I love you." Yes, and and then I threw up for twenty minutes. <laughs> you know who didn't throw up? Doctor Mackey, but he's not impressed. He's like, "Eh, this could be better." So he opens up the van he apparently drove up in, and like just a shit ton of metals, of cell metals. I'm pretty sure the ones that were being transported just like fly out and get absorbed into Mazul, and he's like. Mm, Needs a little something else. How about a couple of green core metals? And he just tosses them in. I wouldn't necessarily say Maki strictly follows the scientific method. Well, I don't know what his control group is. <laughs> we don't even know what his experiment really? is. Really? What's his hypothesis? Is Kazari the like, control mm. group? Because Kazari isn't stuff full of metals? Who knows? Yeah. Actually, I take that back. I understand what his hypothesis is. It's like, if I shove enough <laughs> metals at something, the world will end. Something's going to happen and I can look at, watch it. <laughs> so, how, uh, how, how, how would, uh, Josh, how would you describe what happens next? <sighs> Paint me a word picture. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a two-eyed, two-horned, flying purple people eater. It's got at least one snaky mouth. Yeah, snaky mouth. It's like a brontosaurus to puss <laughs> that flies. But it's got some, like, weird, like, East Indian, like, sort of, like, aesthetic stuff going on, too. Like, I I'll say this. I don't even know if they know what it looks like because it's very rarely all in one shot. Like the camera moves around it a lot. It's true. And just and I think if you were to go to the the people behind the show and are like, "Hey, just do me a, do me a solid. Just sketch out that purple thing." And they would like kind of draw an oval and a question mark and then I would look at it and I'd be like, "Wait, that's not it." And then I would look up and everybody would be gone. <laughs> and I and I'd be missing my pants for some reason. And Ankh looks at this this thing and is basically like, hmm, we should fight it. It's full of metals. We'll get so many. It'll be great. And he's just like, all right, I'm going to go get my motorcycle. Yep. And then after after Aegis like, all right, I'll go do that, Ankh sort of mutters to himself, I mean, if we can destroy it, <laughs> yeah. we might not be. We, we, we very much might not be able to. Yeah, I think they've got like five metals and can only do like a tattoo Yep. Yeah. So so Ag like bikes on top of it and is like slashing at it with a sword and like nothing's happening. Man, it flicks him away really satisfyingly. <laughs> like, like grabs him in its snake mouth and shakes him around. <laughs> boink! Yeah, it really just it gives him a good solid doink. Yeah. Back at Kugami headquarters, uh, Kugami and Satanaka are, are watching this on TV because Kugami has ever well again when your city is only one square mile. Pretty easy to cover it in cameras, I guess. So no matter where they are, uh, rest assured that Kugami can kick back, eat a cake, and spout nonsense while watching. I bet it's just a hot can carrying a grasshopper. Yeah, I was going to say. Also, I don't know that Kogami eats his own cakes. He's got a lot of suits he needs to fit in. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a very um, majestic broadness to him that he needs to oh. maintain. 
Oh, I love that phrase. I'm going to use that to describe myself. You from feel now free. On. Majestic broadness. Yes. <laughs> what what happened to the puppet thing? I don't like it. I don't want a <laughs> but I have, I carry my broadness with me. Um, look, here's the deal. Kugami's like, hey, that's a thing. Sure is. Well, it's a failure. Like, he's not <laughs> mad about it. No. And Satanaka's just like, ew, I don't like it. Oh, this is my favorite. This is my favorite, favorite thing. And actually, Corey, if you if you have a better translation of this from watching it without the subs, uh, she literally says with a smile on her face, oh, that's too much. No, thanks. Yep. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Like, like, like she just had like the waiter was like, can I get anybody else anything? And she's like, oh, no, I'm stuffed. I couldn't possibly. <laughs> Like, that's just a little too much. Yeah, that's just a little overboard. It's such a weirdly personalized response. Like, it's just so like, oh, not for me. Oh, a giant purple monster that destroys the earth? Oh, absolutely not. Like, I don't think this involves you, Satanaka. Everything involves Satanaka. I guess. Yeah. Then we go back to the Mockymobile. He's yeah. thrilled. He's like, He's oh, like, this oh, is yeah. the best. This, is, so this good. is great. What a great day I'm having. Unfortunately, or fortunately, there's a new sheriff in town. Okay, so remember uh, remember a little while back when we had the fascinating conversation on whether a cube was a sphere or a sphere was a cube? And how they've been teasing that Goto might be, you know, the next up and coming if he can prove himself. And at the end of that scene, uh, Maki's like, here, I finished this thing. It's going to be more powerful than, uh, oh, 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 if you can just not be a dick. I'm paraphrasing. So a new, a new guy shows up, a new common writer, and he's got on his uh, chest area uh, the thing that uh, we saw at the end of that uh, Maki Goto scene uh, that uh, he put in a briefcase. And I thought to myself, Holy shit. Goto got his wish. Goto's a common writer now. And how to and to help me with my theory, this new character <laughs> shows up and immediately starts blind firing into the situation. And I was like, that's that's our Goto. <laughs> that, He's got a gun that fires cell metals. Yeah, everything he does requires cell metals and also twisting his belt and popping open the little gashapon on on the front of it and make it making a delightful little popping sound. It's great. And for the life of me, I was like, well, that's Goto, my man. He did it. It's obviously him. He's following Goto's rule of shoot first and then ask questions about why I can't keep shooting. (laughs) (laughs) That is the question. (laughs) What do you mean? I shot the wrong person. Oh, details. Uh, So uh, he distracts the purple lump long enough they shoot some medals, go flying. AG gets him some medals. He becomes a bunch of AGs, does the old multi-man. Coincidentally, Kazari's also there watching stuff. He snatches some. Well, Kazari and Uva are spawn camping, basically. Just just waiting for the core medals to respawn after everybody else does all the work. It's, it's like the tip-off at uh, your basketball game, but with three people and with medals. The monster done gets blown up. It's true. And then uh, everybody just sort of, oh, yeah, uh, Uva and uh, Kazari uh, get their medals and they just sort of like, everybody just sort of wanders off. Yep. Like, 
Yep. All right. Well, I, I guess I guess they were inspired by Satanaka's uh, strict uh, adherence to her schedule. They're like, oh, hey, we're going to call it a day. All right, guys. Well, Ichi's too tired to do anything any- else anyway, more or less. He is. He is sleepy. And he's like, Ankh, no, for reals, though. Why do you want why do you want your core medals? And Ankh's like, I just don't want to be a, a stupid arm anymore. OK, jeez. Super reasonable. Wait, can we back up one sec? Absolutely. Because are Gamel and Missoula now dead? Um, maybe. Who knows? But what we do know is there's a mysterious figure with a milk jug full of cell metals. <laughs> yep. A metal milk jug. He's he's strong he's strong like Hina. He is. And uh he's like, Hey, what's up everyone? I'm the new I'm the new fool in town in sounds laid down by the underground. Um he has to uh they're like, Who are you, fellow? And he has to open up his milk jug and pull out his directions. His like instruction he pulls manual. Out like, like an instruction manual. Yeah. Like he's the fucking greatest American hero or some shit. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he uh, he's like, I'm this guy. I'm Common Rider Birth. Great name. Great name. You, you can definitely tell that Kogami named this one. And that's when I was like, all right, all right, now enter, he's Goto. And then he takes his face off, and he's just some <laughs> handsome dude. Takes his face off. He transformed into someone who's not Goto. He transformed into the coolest man alive. He's got wispy little facial hair and a slick haircut, and he just- uh, A leather jacket. Uh, he's real thick, guys. He's so thick. Is he thick? He's thick. He's like a- he's like- Two thirds uh, Kogami. No, he's he's thick in a in a and, muscly and definitely way. not a full gamble. He's a muscly yeah. kind of thick. Oh yeah, I think that's more swole than thick, right? Uh, okay, if he was, fine. He's if he was, uh, maybe he's swole. All right, gamble's, gamble's kind of wiry. I always, I always thought that thick was more measurement of as. Mm. Yes, especially dummy thick. Yeah, or chunky, as the kids are now saying, or chonk. Yeah. Anyway, it's not Goto, it's just some dude. And when I was reviewing the episode uh, uh, breakdown on Wikipedia, it offered me the opportunity to click and learn all about Kamen Rider Birth, which I did not. Good choice. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) uh, A, because I don't care, and B, because I assume it's a spoiler. Uh, And I don't... Well, I mean, you're going to find out. Is he from another show? No. Is this a crossover nope. episode? Oh, so this is a nope. brand new out of the box guy. Yes. Yep. Although the actor did go on to play the new version of uh, Space Sheriff, I think Sharavan or, or Shider. I can never remember. Uh, I think the red one or the blue one. I can't remember. Anyway, in a direct to video thing. Great. <laughs> Josh wanted to know that. I, I needed to tell That's... him. It was important. That is not on Adventure Zone, so I do not, I do not have any cross reference. What you don't it. know about the Metal Heroes shows? Oh, Josh, we're gonna have to do another podcast. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> what did you think of the episode? I liked it. I mean, yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I liked learning a little bit about the greed. I liked learning a little more about Kugami's plan, even though it doesn't make any sense. I mean, he wants. Uh, at least I understand. It seems like. He's for helping humanity as opposed to Dr. Maki, who still seems like he just wants to watch everything burn and then calmly take notes. Very true. I like the theories about like desire is what makes us evolve. I found that interesting. 
and I wondered about what would happen if I didn't have any thumbs. Um, that purple thing was real weird looking and left a giant hole in the ground. And mm-hmm. uh, it was all fun. And that guy was real handsome. The new Common uh, Rider Mirth with his milk jug. Why a milk jug? They had the milk jug prop from when Hina had to carry it. There you go. I think the milk jug gives him like sort of like a folksy kind of like, like, like country fied sort of thing. Like he's like, it's like he just came off the farm and he's got his milk jug with him and now it's full of something. Well, well, People well. Don't keep all their money in a milk jug. I don't I know do. everything about these fancified city core metals that you're all throwing around willy nilly. All I need is just a milk jug and my instruction manual and my Cybertronic armor. And I'm going to help you blow up some purple things. Patoo, ting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I am looking forward to more. Yeah. yeah. Are we, Corey, are we, we're about at where you, you stopped watching the first time, right? Yes. Yeah. I think the next two-parter is the end of what I know. Okay. Exciting. In, in entirely. That will be, so join us on a journey to the end of Corey's knowledge. And thank you all for listening. This has been Greedwatch 2018. <laughs> I'm Coriander Dickinson. You can find me on Twitter at Absolar. I'm Josh A. Kagan. You can find me on Instagram at Josh A. Kagan. I'm Adam Wasserman. You can find me on Twitter at Gold Sarcasmium. Stay greedy.